0: Join us on September 22nd at 7 o'clock p.m. and for at least 24 hours thereafter for the 6th annual Snakes and Lattes Catanathon Against Cancer. Visit www.snakesandlattes.com to donate. The link will be directly on the page. We'll also be live streaming the event on the page as well as on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our social media handles are at Lattes, and
1: we'll see you there. happy friday folks i'm jonathan hi i'm coco and we are going to talk about how to do two-player versions of multiplayer games right because it is possible folks it is i've been you know being all cranky and stuff all week but no this is where i get to be happy
0: yay (laughs) it's it's doable friends listen Uh, there's a there's a game that is much beloved called Codenames, Names, uh, and like we talked about on Wednesday, oftentimes people try and sort of like lightly adapt a multi uh, two player game to or a multiplayer game to sort of work with two people or vice versa. Um, the the in the rule book version of two player Codenames is you just sort of have a, a ticking clock which is your
1: opponent. Um, yeah, just, and, and instead of having another team that's also trying to find their words. You just try to do it in as few turns as possible. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, You've got one of you who can see the colors, and the other who's trying to guess what they are, and you just basically play a regular game and keep track of how many turns it is. Yeah. Which is fine.
0: And if you're playing with the right person, it can be enjoyable. I had a yeah. really lovely afternoon doing it. But um, what our dear friend Vlada, and he had a friend when he, when he did Duet, right? Mm-hmm. So Codenames Duet is the new two-player version of Codenames, which is slightly different from Codenames, has a couple of different uh, components in the box that make it possible. But it feels like you're playing code names in a way that actually is designed and effective for two people.
1: Exactly. It's not just that we took the components that we use for this game that's ideal for six or more players and just sort of adapt them to two, but mm-hmm. we start from the beginning. All right, what if we want to take the essence of what makes this game fun and make it a specifically two player game? Here it is, mm-hmm. and the way they do it is by sharing the roles among both players. Both of you get to give clues, and both of you get to guess clues. Mm-hmm. the uh, The cards in the regular Code Names game are double sided, but in this case, it's set up so that I can see one side, and my teammate can see the other side. And I'm trying to get my teammate to guess the stuff that's here, and they're trying to get me to get this, to guess the stuff that's on their side, and, and it's not the same.
0: And there's some, but there are some really crucial overlaps, yes. right? And that's the difference. Is I couldn't just take my copy of Codenames regular mm-hmm. and have me look at one side and my partner look at the other side it needs to be in duet there's like the assassin is the is the same for one person but different for another right exactly
1: there are three assassins on each side right and what's an assassin on my side is safe on your side right which means if you guess if, if i guess something that looks safe to you we're fine mm-hmm. if you guess something that looks like an assassin to me we lose Trouble. So I have to guide you away from certain words, which you are actually trying to guide me towards. Right. There's also uh, other overlap. There's always a couple of words in common. Some of the target words that I'm trying to get you to guess are also words that you're trying to get me to guess, but not all of them. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So it sounds like we took the lovely beating heart of Codenames and put it in sort of a new... Better shinier two armed body. That okay. I'm just gonna stop with this. It's a co A dude name. Dude names. Dude names. Coed. Everybody. Yeah. This is a very different podcast now. Everyone, listen. Code names duet is good,
1: and so is Seven Wonders duel. Oh, Seven Wonders duel is fantastic. We did a whole a series about that one. But uh, trying to play the original Seven Wonders with two players, not good. Also for reasons that we talked about earlier this week and in fact uh, in that series on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Drafting games generally are really hard to do with two players. Same problem comes up with Sushi Go. Right. Because every single card that you don't take is a card that the only other person at the table now has. There's no question of who took what. Mm-hmm. When you're playing a drafting game with three players and I pass stuff on, by the time that comes around to me, yeah, there's a few cards missing, but I don't know which player took which one. Right. If there's only two of us, I know exactly which ones you took, we might as well be playing open-handed.
0: Right. So you have to be really careful with your drafting mechanic. If that's if the, if the draft is central, central, central to the game, it's probably not going to be super fun as a two-player.
1: Unless, of course, you design it specifically to work for two players only, like, say, Tides of Time.
0: Okay. Talk to me about Tides of Time, because I don't know that one at all.
1: Tides of Time is a drafting game for two players only. Okay. And it's got a scoring system where each card's value, the number of points it's worth, mm-hmm. is completely dependent on what other cards you have.
0: Ah, okay.
1: So, for example, there's one card that's worth three points for each red card you've drafted. Mm-hmm. Another one that's worth seven points if you have the most blue cards. Right. And so
0: it's not so much as you're trying to get it so that everyone else around the table doesn't get it. It's that you're trying to get stuff that's good for you and make sure you're keeping track of the other stuff the other person has so they're not getting stuff that's great for them.
1: And there's only one other person at the table to keep track of, which right. means it's actually kind of manageable. Right. But that would not work with a larger group, but it mm-hmm. works beautifully with two.
0: Right. And just manageable enough that it is a challenging but interesting game. Quite so. Cool. Okay. So we talked a lot about Catan in our, in our Wednesday episode. Such a big
1: subject. Catan's yeah. massive.
0: It's almost like uh, just tonight a bunch of people are going to play it to earn money to punch cancer in the face with. You the might Catan- want to check that thon. out. The Snakes and Lattes Catanathon, everybody. Sixth annual, it's going to be a grand old time. Anyway, uh, so lots of folks come in and want to play Catan for two and yeah, maybe I guess they could play Starship of Catan but then they wouldn't really be playing Catan so if... So I feel like if what you love about Catan is sort of the like Fighting and like trading for resources, kind of thing. Maybe, maybe not so much like the the social aspect of Catan, but what about the the marketplace
1: elements? I think a lot of people are originally drawn to Catan by the fact that it's got these neat resources, things that you collect and spend to do stuff. Right. People like collecting stuff Hmm. and um, go figure. Right. And there are plenty of games that can provide that with two players.
0: Hmm. I I mean, when someone says what's a good two player game, sort Mm -hmm. of the first thing I always say is Jaipur. Uh, and it, that sort of brings in that resource collecting thing, right? For sure. If, if yeah. what you
1: like is gathering resources and cashing them in to get points and stuff, Jaipur is perfect for you. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's a two-player game only.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Jaipur is two players only. I've played a three-player variant. But really? yours, yeah, but it just means there's a little bit more competition for the stuff that's in the marketplace, and is it, it good. Just, I enjoyed it. Okay, um, but that was before there were things like Splendor and Century Spice Road. Right. So the sweet thing about Century Spice Road is that it works really nicely for two players because of that marketplace thing that we were just talking about. But it scales up effectively for three. Can yeah. you pinpoint or three or more? Yeah. Can you pinpoint why Century Spice Road works so much better for more than two players, but Jaipur really only sits nicely with two?
1: It's a tricky thing. One of the... uh, At the very beginning of this series, we sort of brought in the scenario of this is what happens when somebody comes in looking for a game that's for two to four players or two Mm -hmm. to five players. Spice Road... Is one of those rare cases of a game that actually works quite well, in my opinion, with larger and smaller player counts. Although it is a quite different game. Yeah. When you're de- it's and, and it's the matter of attention and mm. the matter of chaos. Mm. The more people are in a game, the less effectively you can plan ahead, right? Because you've got a whole bunch of other brains bouncing off your plan. Yeah. And it's not necessarily going to go through that well.
0: It's gross. They get like cerebral <laughs> fluid all over your plans. The map but, is um, ruined.
1: When you've only got two players, there's only one other mind you have to consider, and that is actually a lot easier to take into account, which right. tends to make these games a bit more pure. Okay. It also well, means... Pure, easy there. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 a matter of pure skill. There's, there's less yeah. there's less chaos, there's less chance intruding on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's which, logic
0: versus social dynamic. That's yeah? the thing, and, it's, yeah. and that's
1: not always what you want. Sometimes mm-hmm. you want something, it's going to be more relaxed, a little bit more fun, where you don't have to necessarily calculate everything. Yeah. And when you have more players, that's a much easier dynamic to achieve, yeah. because with the amount of chaos created by everybody's plans bouncing, off each other, then it's more difficult to plan, and you can just sort of play fast and loose, right. and have a more relaxed, uh, more chill sort of environment in the game. Yeah. That happens in Spice Road. You play with a larger group of players. You can't really plan ahead, okay. and for a lot of people, that's frustrating. Yeah. But by contrast, you don't have to think as hard, right? Because it's not going to work anyway. Interesting. Um, so that makes the game more enjoyable in some ways, less enjoyable in other ways, depending mm-hmm. on what kind of experience you're looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm more of an opportunistic player. I'm mm-hmm. not super great at doing the planning ahead pieces. But I find that I'm able to seize opportunity really effectively, uh, which is why I'm not a really superb Duke player. But I really love the Duke for those little surprises you get sometimes, which I think is maybe why when it comes to multiplayer versions of Jaipur, if you will, like Century Spice Road and Splendor, I like Spice Road way better than I like Splendor because I find Splendor like there is there is a certain element of. There's fewer, like, yes, you're playing with more people, but I find they bounce off your plans way less than in Century.
1: I would agree. I think that uh, the the situation in Spice Road is more fluid Mm -hmm. because of the way you place those uh, cubes on the things to pick them up, uh, because of the way that deliveries can just disappear on you. Yes. Uh, More is likely to change on you between one turn and the next yes. than is in Splendor. Splendor's a relatively static game by contrast. The yes. changes are more subtle and more gradual.
0: Yes. I've played games of Splendor where it's just four of us sitting around the table not talking and just sort of playing our thing and going through it. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of a speed competition element, but it hasn't been as like you said, like fast and loose mm-hmm. and responsive, I think, as Spice Road. Um, I formally submit the petition to rename it to Spicy Road, but that's just me. I think that makes it sound a lot more fun. Um, okay, so Catan, super popular, has lots of different ways that you can do it differently for two or different numbers of players. Sort of a like an, a classic piece of Americana. Let's talk about Clue.
1: British game, actually. Oh, well... But uh, Americans love it. But, uh, yeah, Clue is totally a um, a game that a lot of people, a lot of two-player groups will come to because they have fond memories of it as kids and they want to be able to play it. And it's not long before they realize, wait a minute, if one of us has access to all the information they need to figure out, the solution, then mm-hmm. we all have that information, which means it's
0: wah, 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 wah. so.
1: That's the problem with uh, mm-hmm. with with playing Clue with two players. But if you want a mystery game, if you want something where you're trying to solve a, a problem, it's not that hard. I mean, the Mister Jack series is terrific. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm a fan of the Phantom of the Opera. Mister mm-hmm. uh, Jack Pocket is also really good. Right, right. The other way you can do it is to well, okay. Granted, this is a bit more challenging, but Sherlock Holmes consulting detective is a terrific game for two players. Okay, you're
0: going to have to walk me through that.
1: Okay, so here's the story with this one. If, if what you want to do is be Sherlock Holmes... Which, isn't that what we all want to do? I, I can't imagine why anybody wouldn't want to be. <laughs> um, so here's, here's a case. We got a nice book, and Sherlock is going to say, all right, my case looks pretty heavy, so I need you, the Baker Street Irregulars, to take care of this for me. Here yep. are the clues we've found so far. Go. Mm-hmm. you get a map of london mm-hmm. you get a directory of all these people and uh, businesses and so on where they live yeah. you get uh, a copy of today's newspaper yep. and you have to figure it out okay so you decide where you want to go and say okay so let's go to scotland yard and find out what Lestrade is so all right scotland yard is at blah blah blah, blah. we look at blah 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 book and here's what he says mm-hmm. okay let's go visit the coroner at st Bartholomew's hospital oh, that's at this address we read that entry uh, the scene of the crime is at this place. Let's go there. Flip the clues. Flip that and read that entry. Okay, this, this sounds like, like what I imagine myself
0: doing when I'm like, taking a nice long shower. like How is this a board game?
1: The way it's a board game is this. You have to keep track of all the places you've visited. Uh-huh. And each additional place that you go to is going to drop your score.
0: Oh, I you see. You want to
1: try to figure out who did it, how did they do it, why did they do it, with as few visits to as few different places as possible. Got it. So once it's done, right. whether, and you, it's done when you say it's done, you mm-hmm. you stop when you want to stop playing. Right. Turn to the back page, hear the questions, write down your answers, and now Sherlock is going to come in and explain how he figured out in like five seconds by visiting like two places. And, right. And then you score yourself compared to Sherlock. Okay. Uh, he always gets 100 points.
0: Mm-hmm. Jerky. See Sherlock. Um,
1: and if you can equal or beat that, you are superhuman. If mm-hmm. you can manage to get more than zero points, you're pretty darn good.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay
1: so that's that's a game that's great for two players mm-hmm. and if obviously it's not really that much like Clue but if you want the experience of solving a mystery right. it's pretty tough to beat right. so Interesting. it's it's this is a case of saying you know, what you don't want to do is simulate the multiplayer game in a two player experience what you want to do is figure out what you liked about that game what you enjoyed about the experience of playing yeah. it and try to create a two player game that actually gives you that in a way that works with two
0: right right so it sounds like when I when I want more players or fewer players than I should, I need to think about what is the beating heart of the game and how can I find that beating heart in a different game that works, that has some sort of adaptation for more or fewer people.
1: Yeah, the the good news is that there are just so many titles out these days, so many really excellent games, Mm -hmm. that no matter what your player count and what kind of experience you're looking for, odds are good that there's a game out there for you that will work. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Especially if you have, you know, a friendly game guru who can uh, help you sort that out and find which one that is.
0: That's always nice. (laughs) Speaking of friendly games gurus, I am not one of them. My name's Coco.
1: And I'm Jonathan,
0: the friendly game guru.
1: That'll do it for this week's Snakes Cast. Thanks for being here, Coco. It's Thanks
0: for having me. Always
1: great talking with you. So, you can get in touch with us at podcast at snakesandlattes.com to say hi or to suggest a topic. Snakes Cast is produced by Dax Audio. And music is provided by Ben Sound. Tune in next week when we are going to talk about trivia games. Opinions expressed on the Snakes Cast are those of the presenters and our guests and nobody else's. See you next one. Bye. Bye.